Daniel. And I'm Pat. And we are Y2K Movies. A podcast about films of the 21st century. Daniel, it's time for another double feature. Are you ready? I am. Right. So, uh, in honor of the Halloween season, we have two Halloween-themed films that uh, dropped on the same day. They were both streaming premieres that uh, hit the interwebs Friday, October 7th. 2022. First up, we're going to talk about the Hellraiser reboot. Uh, Hellraiser offers a take on Clive Barker's 1987 horror classic where a young woman struggling with addiction comes into possession of an ancient puzzle box, unaware that its purpose is to summon the Cenobites. Released theatrically September 20th, 2022 at Fantastic Fest, but most of us saw it October 7th, 2022 when it hit streaming services, Hulu in the U.S., and Disney Plus in some outlying territories. I need to figure out how the hell this Disney Plus shit works in other countries, because it seems very chaotic. Yeah, uh, My Disney Plus, I think the, the hardest edge thing it has is Adventures in Babysitting. And apparently, <laughs> you can watch Hellraiser on Disney Plus in England. Don't know what the fuck that's about. Well, it, it's probably the whole, you know, in America, Disney runs almost everything media-wise, right? right? So it has to keep itself divided. Where outside of our consumerism blindness, uh, other countries, <laughs> other countries see the uh, Daniel, Daniel says while burning an American flag, right? <laughs> I wouldn't do that. Jesus, a, I feel. You know, I'm, I, I like where I am. I would never move. Hey, you, you don't like it? Go vote. All right? That's all I got to right. say. I'm just saying, I'm not a, to be honest with you, I am not a Disney fan. That is I'm my, like, the, yeah, that is my thing. And I think it's, like, the fact that they own everything. I think they fucking ruin everything. Uh, they own, like, what, like, half of Hulu. But it seems like these other countries, they do get this stuff, right? So, like, that, uh, a few, well, a few, but a while back when we did The Empty Man, I was telling you that in some countries, it's on Disney+. And, like, that's crazy to me that you can get that over in fucking Australia. No, but here, the, the worst thing that we get is, like, Hocus Pocus 2 or, I don't know, something like, something like that. Oh, or my God. For, if you want to go controversy, like, Red. Right, that's what got the mothers going in this country. I honestly thought about because we're doing between these two, and then we're doing Halloween ends. We're hitting like all the major Halloween twenty twenty two releases, and I honestly thought about bringing up doing Hocus Pocus too because I had to watch that with my kids. I watched so that I was, with mine too. Actually, uh, she's two and she's obsessed with the first one. So you know. Okay, so let's... It's crazy. Let's really quick, just for absurdity's sake, before we get into Hellraiser and where we'll find that. Right. What did you think of Hocus Pocus 2? Because there was such a... I don't think there was a huge, like, outcry about it, but, like, there was that viral... There was that video that went viral with some lady saying that, like, witches will come through your fucking TV or some shit. Um, Man, that's hardcore, first of all. I'm just gonna lay that out. That's hardcore. (laughs) Goddamn. Um... I thought it was cornier than the first one, but exactly what people wanted to me. Like I like and and by I mean that is I mean like the older gener like I like when that movie when the first movie came out what, ninety two or ninety three? One of those years. That like, sounds I, about right. I was born in ninety two. Hocus Pocus is not for me. Like I liked it and I watched it as a kid multiple times before we crossed over to the twenty first century. Watched right. it tons of times. However, for like the millennial generation, it's definitely in the like the uh, earlier parts of the millennials, and I think that this movie reflects that on like my parents who is, who aren't millennials, but or it reflects on like more of the later thirties, early forties kind of part of the generation. And that's where I come in. So yeah, I was I was uh, probably age appropriate when this came out, but remember, age appropriate means that you were a twelve, thirteen year old that was still watching Disney horror movies. 
And if you think about what you were watching when you were 12, 13 years old, you weren't watching shit like this. Oh, no. I was watching... yeah, you Nine found the, Street and right. Razor. You, mm. you found the cool stuff by then. Right. So even as somebody who is age appropriate for this, this was I thought this was cheese dick back when I was a kid. So the fact that the new one is just as cheese dick didn't fucking phase me at all. Um, I thought that there was parts that were really bad, like them them coming back to life and singing that that bastardization fucking <laughs> Elton John thing, like. That was terrible. That was that was that was an affront to God. But everything else was like, what do you expect? You know what I mean? Like, I didn't think it was going to be that good. And if there was grown ass people that thought this was going to somehow be a good movie, like why? Like Sarah Jessica Parker killed right. somebody. Like fucking right. <laughs> <laughs> like fucking what? What? Like, <laughs> this shit wasn't going to be good. When I, I was sacrificed when, it. When I was when I was recovering uh, earlier this year from from my open heart surgery, that was when the Sex in the City reboot first hit HBO Max, and my mom would come over and like visit me during the week because my wife would be off at work and my kid would be at school. My mom would come once a week and sit with me, and we'd watch that Sex in the City reboot, and it was the most like terrible, depressing. Like, and she just looked so old and beat the fuck up. You know what I mean? That was without witch's makeup on. That was just, and it was funny because she was supposed to be the pretty one, right? That was like, that was her gimmick in the first one was that she was the pretty one. And now she just looks like she just got run over, left <laughs> out in the sun for a couple <laughs> fucking decades. Um, a little uh, leathery, yeah. Yeah, so like when I and when I was watching that Sex and the City shit where she was supposed to look alluring or at least somewhat likable, like I was like, oh my god, Sarah Jessica Parker looks worse than I do, and I look terrible right now. Um, I don't know. I just I much to do about nothing. I think it's like it's like the fucking McDonald's trick or treat pails. Like it's something for people to get excited about for literally three days and then completely forget, move on with their life. Yeah, so. we actually. I, I mean, literally, I think we got. One the other day, we got a Happy Meal. Totally forgot it was even going on. And we got one of them. And we're like, oh, cool. Now it's for her. You know, my daughter can play with it. She likes to put things in it. She likes to take things out of it. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, you know, it's, it is. It, I mean, un- it, it was worth the Happy Meal for sure. She understands the basic functionality of it. That's good. Of a pail, yeah. And then, uh, uh, did you actually see that the... the, uh, the Adult Happy Meal toys are selling for thousands of dollars right now. I tr- I did try to get one of those only because that little cactus man looks so fucking bizarre that I did want one of those for my desk. Um, and we we couldn't get one. Like it was the, all sold out around me. So it doesn't surprise me. My advice to everybody when it comes to that shit is sell it immediately. We had a uh, I don't know. I don't know if it was you. No, we had it was Aaron Dees was on the Wednesday show talking about MetaZoo cards, and supposedly uh, I think Asher's got like some super rare, um, like Decker or like or like promo pack thing. Yeah, yeah, I remember and, that. Yeah, yeah, and I was like, it, I was like, sell that because it's not whatever it's worth now. It's in in five years, it will not be worth that. I'm sorry, and that's nothing against the MetaZoo people. I I, right. I watched it happy with the with the Beanie Baby stuff. You know what? You don't think it'll gain as much popularity no. like as Pokemon did? Nope, not at all. Because no. it's a shitty game, and we'll get into that later. Uh. Oh no, I heard I heard you talk about it. It was hard, <laughs> dude. I played it, so I own a lot of MetaZoo cards. I do, and I've got you have to it. to build a coherent deck. You have to oh, build. Yeah, you, well, I yeah. also I just got it because I I actually like it. Like well, not the game, but I like the art and I like the. Well, the fact IP that it's is like one. Weird. Yeah, yeah, the IP is fucking beautiful. I love so it. So what I'm doing is I'm basically buying doubles of everything, and I have so much stuff still sealed. And actually, today on Bigfoot Society's uh, Discord, we were talking about selling them at Crypticon this year, and now I just have to find somebody that I can kind of like hang out at their table and sell my cryptic, uh, my MetaZoo cards. You, is it too late for you to get a booth? I don't know if I want to do it just for some MetaZoo cards. I bet you would. I think you would make a shit ton of money. I think that I'd say that's a pretty good idea. Yeah, I'd probably yeah. sell out so fast. I think you'd have you'd have to promote it, let people know that you're going to be there with them because you want right. people to bring cash and shit. But um, or do you have the Square thing for your phone? 
I don't have the square thing for the file. It's not that. I can't believe as a, as a business owner, I can't believe you don't. I have it just from the time that I spent in the shilling for the Cub Scouts. Right. That I, I had I have that whole thing. But um, I never needed one. My uh, register does everything for me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I thought maybe you had a... No, it's uh, a nice uh, little tap. Just you never Everything sold, else. Like, I like to do cash, man. Watermelon out of your trunk or anything before? Or no? Yeah. I mean, uh, if... Usually, you know, doing anything like that, it's always cash. Sure. <laughs> so <laughs> it's always yeah. cash. I think that's a good idea. I would say with that MetaZoo shit, I'm I'm not saying that like it's it's necessarily now or never, but I'd say within the next year or two, if you're looking for that to be a to make financial gains off that, to start unloading that shit sooner rather than later. Because when that bubble pops and it starts dropping, it'll the, the bottom will drop out real quick. So if you have one of those Happy Meal adult Happy Meal toys that someone is going to pay whatever for, you know, I remember when I was a kid, the comic book store I used to hang out at. We were talking about that one day. I was looking at because Wizard always had like the comic book price guide in the back, and I was talking to the comic book store owner who I was kind of friends with, and he was like, "Do you see that Iron Man up there?" He's like, that's a $15,000 issue of Iron Man. But unless someone's going to give me $15,000 for it, it's just some shit that's sitting up there. And it's not worth anything. So we can come up with these arbitrary prices for whatever we think shit's worth. But what it's actually worth is what someone's willing to give you the cash for. Right. So if, if, you know, hypothetical what these cards are worth, fine, whatever. You're all, it's only worth what you can unload them for. So I would I would say if you think you got a haul on your hands, fucking cash out. You know, but that's me. I'm a, I'm a terrible gambler. You know, <laughs> I, I'm the epitome of not knowing when to hold them and when to fold them. Right. Well, so. I was talking to Matt from Blue Room Insight. We were talking about like if we would sell them, should we open them and sell them individual packs? Like because they're they're like little booster boxes, so they have packs inside them. So now I have to figure out, do I sell it as a whole? And do I try to like go for about 50 to 100% like what I bought it for? Or do I try to sell each pack at like $3, $4 a pop? Let the and market then... decide. Yeah, I got to look at it. I haven't looked at it yet. I was going to go to TCG Player, check it out later. There you go. That's right. When I, um, when I filled out my... Uh... Thunders and Dragons, Magic the Gathering crossover set. That's where I went. There was like three cards that I needed, and I wasn't about to buy another box for fucking three cards. So I went on there, and I think I got everything I needed for like a buck or two a card. And right. right now it's, I'm looking at building a, uh, a Godzilla Magic set, but it's still kind of... I don't know. Each individual card is like five plus dollars, and I'm just like, yeah, I don't know. Don't know if it's worth it. Godzilla and Magic the Gathering? Yeah. They did it a long time ago. Well, not long, long, but basically it's like all the Godzilla characters. What? I didn't know about that. I'm so glad you're my Godzilla friend because I (laughs) have nobody that, like, nobody I know pays attention to that shit. Yeah, and And then we know Aaron's a big Godzilla guy, and then Matt my uh, from Blue Room, he's also a really big Godzilla guy. Yeah, when we do the... uh, the Aaron D's double feature. We should, if Matt wants to come on, we could have a foursome. Oh yeah, dude, that'd be awesome. Be like we're playing golf. Yeah. <laughs> or so, an orgy. Speaking of Hellraiser, <laughs> right? There we go. <laughs> Seamlessly transitioning back into the topic at hand. Uh, were you a fan of the franchise at all? Where Where does the Hellraiser franchise rank for you? Okay, so like as a kid, or like you know that twelve, thirteen year old kid looking for the the good shit. Um. Hellraiser was was different, you know. Like it, to me, it was different from all the other horror movies I was watching at the time, and I really liked the first one. Uh, past that, it was kind of a blur. It's kind of like watching all the other franchises. Honestly, when it comes to like '80s franchises crossing over to the '90s, I think the only one that really did it for me was uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm-hmm. Everything else kind of fell flat, except for. Uh, Jason goes to hell. I think that's sure. my favorite Friday the 13th. Anyways, you would be correct. Yeah, everything else like to me like it just you know, it, it was a different time going into the 90s from the 80s. I feel like the 80s was very uh 
somewhat optimistic, even in like horror films where the nineties became very uh, nihilistic and like just nihilism ruled, which is fine in horror films. Believe me, nineties horror is awesome. It's just for pinhead. I didn't know what direction it was taking. And then for me, instead of, I, I still stuck with Clive Barker. I just went to Candyman instead. And I enjoyed Candyman throughout the nineties. Mm-hmm. Uh, for for me, Hellraiser one is the only one that I really paid attention to, to be hundred percent honest. And then this one, <laughs> I've I've seen all of them. I don't think I've seen the. There was like two that came out past the twenty first century, I think, or one that I know of, but I didn't see that one. Um, luckily, this one was basically kind of like bounced off of uh. Hellraiser t- 2022 bounced off of Hellraiser from uh, what is it 87? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I at least got to like check that out and kind of fit in between. Also, I, well, here was one thing: was it a sequel or is it a like a reboot or like the reboot slash sequel thing? Um, I don't. Th- I think it's like a reboot. Okay, but when you're dealing with something like that, um. I don't know. The the Hellraiser movies were not continuity heavy. And I, I don't know if I talked about this on here or um, or if it's just something that I've talked about a lot with my friends or whatever. But basically what happened towards the end of the Hellraiser, the Doug Bradley Hellraiser run, um, and they even did one without him, was uh, Miramax had got bought in the rights, or Dimension had bought in the rights, which is a subsidiary of Miramax, gotten the rights to Hellraiser. And the contract said that they had to have, if they ever did not have a Hellraiser movie in production for more than a a year or something, the rights would revert back to Clive Barker, whoever. Hmm. So they constantly had to make a Hellraiser. They were always making a Hellraiser movie. And what they started to do at some point, because they needed to constantly have one in production, because they wanted to retain the rights to this franchise, was that they were taking scripts that had nothing to do with Hellraiser, and they were throwing Pinhead in there. So there would be a lot of, uh, you know, detective with a drinking problem stumbles upon the homicide of his ex-wife, and he's haunted by it, or, or uh, you know, chick runs away from home and moves to L.A. and becomes a waitress, tries to be an actress, and finds out about a sex cult or something. Just stuff that had, like, that was very 70 or 8 millimeter or, or, or whatever, right? Where they could, okay, we'll throw Pinhead in in three scenes, and then boom, it's a Hellraiser movie. Right. Um, that's what they, that's what, like, I don't know how many movies are in the franchise prior to this, but I'd say that's what about two-thirds of them were. So what was really like, when I think of Hellraiser, I think of the first two films, which were very 80s and very British. You had the third one, which I think is the first American one, the first Dimension one. And then you had the fourth one, which is the one, uh, Bloodlines, that kind of goes through time. And you see you see it in outer space at some point. Uh, and that, to me, those are the four Hellraiser movies, as far mm-hmm. as I'm concerned. Everything else after that, I believe, <clears throat> was direct-to-video. Um, it was them just grabbing these scripts off a shelf and throwing them into production. And so that's why the franchise really started to lose credibility after a while. It, 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 it could not have been further. Not only was it further away from clive barker's vision but it was further away from anyone's vision of an actual hellraiser movie they weren't even really hellraiser movies they were just movies that they could turn into hellraiser movies to keep the rights um which is the exact wrong reason to make a fucking like you want to talk about the antithesis of what filmmaking and 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 the creative process is supposed to be i mean don't get me wrong i guess there was an exercise in creativity when some schmuck was handed a fucking script and said okay change as little as possible and make this a hellraiser movie that i mean that guy earned his fucking paycheck that week you know what i mean um but from the studio's point of view it was it was very very selfish and you're hoarding ips at that point you know what i mean because you don't want anyone else to get a hold of it and uh you know roger corman kind of famously did the same thing with fantastic four i don't know have you ever heard that story 
with yeah. the fans. He made this. He had gotten the rights to uh, Fantastic Four from Marvel, and had X amount of time to make a Fantastic Four movie, and he never did it. And right before he lost them, he threw together this Fantastic Four movie that's completely ridiculous. And uh, it was never released anywhere. If you go to like horror conventions, you can find it on VHS. It's, I think it might actually be on YouTube too. But um, yeah, it was something that he did just to just to hold on to the rights, you know. And uh, it's kind of a, a weird thing that people do sometimes. And I feel like that's the majority of the Hellraiser franchise. Yeah. Enough, so. Yeah, uh, basically. And this was them trying to kind of wipe all that away and start over with something new. And uh, what do you think what they came up with? I'm not upset with it. It's just they went and I just felt like it wasn't dirty enough or like it wasn't like all like, I don't know. Like, okay, so the the um, the main character who was uh, oh, what is her name? Uh, Riley from Odessa. Uh, Odessa Azion. She plays Riley. And I just like, I didn't like, I get that she was like an addict. She was like a sex addict and like a druggie and I guess an alcoholic. But the sex part wasn't really like, I think, you know, that was more of a distraction. I don't think it was mainly like looking and searching for all these pleasures, right? It was just like these were distractions from basically a shitty life and the guy that uh she was with like he was even just you know like it was seemed like everybody that was uh, affected by it was not getting the whole like uh i don't know like in the first one it was like this dude that was like or in the original it was like this dude that was straight like a sex deviant and like he just wanted pleasure and that's like what he tried to find. However, in the film, they they had this guy named Roland. Uh he was basically the guy from the original movie where he was a sex deviant and he was like he was searching for the ultimate pleasure and they basically gave him pain as pleasure. Which to some people they definitely, you know, they they that's how they feel. But uh the way that this one was and like I just I needed that in the the main character. And I don't know if they were like trying to make it where like no, like she's actually a good person and shit. But for me, Hellraiser was always kind of about this dude or or this person who's kind of a dick and who is selfish uh self-righteous, you know, this person that wants everything uh feels entitled and then ends up like basically getting it all back to him at the end and and in ba- in a form that he they asked for it right it just didn't come the way that they thought it was going to happen and to me this one did not hit that quite as well um it just didn't fuck with me enough and i, I feel like for me like it also took a couple times for me to actually finish it which I, which i don't like hate to like I don't want to say like this was bad because I I don't think it was bad actually. After I would say this has been the best one since the Bloodline movie. Mm-hmm. So no, I, I mean, agree. right? So it's not like it's like bad. It's just to me it was weaker than Clyde Barker's images. But Clyde Barker also had a, had his hand in this one, so maybe that's why. Um, I did really like Jamie Clayton as Pinhead. Yeah, I don't feel like they gave her a lot to do. No, um, and that was a little disappointing too. I was a fan of hers since Sense8, which was the Rakowski, uh, their their Netflix show. The Rakowski is their Netflix show. Oh, okay. See, I knew she, her from Designated Survivor. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I knew who she was. Uh, I followed her on Instagram. I thought she was hot. Uh, the idea of her being Pinhead was cool. I get it. It's progressive. It makes sense. Um they didn't give her a lot to do. She just kind of sat there silently staring at the the Riley character, kind of like half smiling, like amused. 
like a little bit. She says a lot with her face. It's actually probably a pretty good performance when you get down to it, though. Um, she, you know, for not giving a lot to do and, and for being underneath all that makeup, she she does have personality. She emotes. Uh, she's doing a good job, right? I thought she was one of the most stronger elements of the film. But still, you see more of the Cenobites than her. Um, when there's a chase sequence, when there's any kind of melee or anything, it's the Cenobites that are doing it. And she just kind of appears in the background at, at key moments. That was a little disappointing. Um, there was, I, I appreciate the fact that there was sex scenes. You don't see sex scenes a lot anymore. And these sex scenes were, uh, they were fucking, you know what I mean? And that was, that was refreshing. Uh, the chicks in this movie, though, were a little haggard, and I thought that was that was pretty blatantly obvious. All the gay men in this movie look fantastic; they are they are perfect human specimens. The chicks in this movie look very, very, very average. Um, not that everyone needs to be Marilyn Monroe; that's fine, but that was definitely a choice that was made, and it was a choice that was made that was so pronounced that I feel like. I couldn't help but notice it, and I couldn't help but notice it kind of a lot. Um, not saying uh, Odessa Azion, Riley, the main character, not saying she's not an attractive chick, but they definitely made her look like a sweaty junkie. You know what I mean? She she wasn't very uh, glamorous or well put together at all, and uh, especially the hag roommate. Um, she looked just kind of like a, a Seattle skater dude. Um, so that was, you know, for a movie that's supposed to be kind of sexy and about fucking, it was kind of only sexy in a gay way. Uh, not that that bothers me or that I can't enjoy that, but it wasn't, you know, it's not, if you're going to, you know, there's more than one flavor. I get it. Right. You don't want it to be all vanilla, but it doesn't necessarily have to be all strawberry either. Right. Let's, let's get a little bit of the apology. I think it was more, I think it's more the fact that. It was a side piece, right? Like it wasn't they, they were not the main characters. If if you take it and say her brother was the main character and like you flip it around, which they could have done. They literally could have done that just as easily too. Maybe it would have made a better compelling story. <laughs> yeah. So because like I didn't care about the I don't know, for me, like the guy, like uh, the couples that were all in, like the guys and like the gay guys, to me that didn't like there was no, there wasn't not enough flair. Like they just they were there for credibility. I felt like like it was it, it was there to be with the times, and I felt like it wasn't like if you wanted to make a Hellraiser and you really wanted to make a different and you wanted to be progressive with it, I think making her brother would have been a bigger deal as like the main uh protagonist i would have rather well i think they were afraid of depicting gay sex as being too taboo or wantonous and uh okay if if you do that then aren't you kind of like if the idea of hellraiser is that it's it's supposed to be deviance if you make the main character gay how do you how do you make him gay without pronouncing homosexuality as being deviant behavior which you know what maybe you just do for the movie for the sake of argument but i mean that's where it get politically it gets tricky so it kind of had to be it does a, but a, a straight person and then you could do pinhead was trans okay that's progressive enough i would have i mean trust me i would have rather seen uh i would have rather seen something um more about with like gay dudes at sex parties like it kind of opens it opened pretty strong with that one guy with the male escort yeah you know, i mean but that's when you think about like where where does the gore come from where do the where does where do the scares come from right it's not so much jump scares it's not creepy existential cosmic horror it's body horror it's right. a lot to do with uh and and I'm not that much of a Hellraiser historian. Is this the first time that we saw the box kind of transform like that? Actually, I I was thinking the same thing. Uh, yeah. Whenever I first saw, I always thought the box was just more like like it kind of stayed into a cube. 
Me too. And this, it, it kind of goes through different uh, incarnations that's yeah. supposed to meet, mean different things. And that was, uh, that was interesting. But the one guy, when he gets the, the, the box is kind of going through him and it's in his intestines or whatever, are wired up to it. And it kind of tightens them. And although, but, okay. So for that one, uh, that, that's his nerves being okay. pulled. Yeah. So he's like feeling everything. That's for Roland. See, that's what, like, I liked Roland. Like I liked his, like his, his, uh, punishments and his or his gifts like they made sense to me yeah like for me that was the uh the most sense out of the whole movie uh i did like actually in my notes i actually have it where i say that it didn't make me stare at the tv long enough like it just couldn't keep my attention like there was no scenes where whenever i was staring at you know because it is it's body horror right like there was no scenes where I was like, "Holy shit, what am I watching?" Like, and usually people are like, "Oh, well, during that, wouldn't you want to like look away?" For me, it's like I want it to be so bad that I can't stop staring at a train wreck. Like, it's like, "Holy shit, look at everything that's going on." I will say that uh, they use practical effects for a lot of it, and I did, I did appreciate that. Um, they're, co- I like the costumes, but also at the same time, they did look a little too synthetic. Like I felt like I could just walk down to my spirit Halloween and pick up the same exact thing. So I got I got white girl wasted while I watched this, and nice. um, <laughs> my notes stop at fuck no, and I have no idea what's that, what that's in relation to, or what I was watching when I typed that. Um, but there was something that I think like horrified me and then i remember going on twitter and being like this movie's adequate and i forget what it was i don't i I mean i remember like watch like talking about this movie is kind of like reliving like a party that you blacked out at you're like well i remember the bathroom at the park (laughs) (laughs) i remember that i remember when roland comes back and he's got the thing through his chest i remember the chase scene with the boyfriend i remember this i remember that if i'm just trying to put it all together i don't know i think that it ends i will say this because and then at some point and and while i was tweeting about this which kind of shows like 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 you said it shows my level of uh of uh engagement is that i was tweeting during it but I did go on Twitter to tweet about it, and I realized that Werewolf by Night had dropped on the same day, and I had suddenly wished that I had watched Werewolf by Night, because Hellraiser is a good two hours plus, and Werewolf by Night's just under an hour, so I was like, God damn it, I wish I had watched the fucking Werewolf movie. Um, but yeah, it, Hellraiser, I will say this, it ends very strong, and as, mm-hmm. as drunk as I was, and as much as like oh, some of it gets fuzzy, I remember those last three minutes. I remember how that movie ends. I it was pretty it, cool. I remember it very, very, yeah. very well. I will say the last twenty minutes saved the movie. Yeah, <laughs> like it, I, I think it finished very strong. Actually, I would even say that it finished just as strong as the original. Yeah, and that's why I, I don't have, uh, I don't have too many, um. I don't have too many qualms about covering it for the show because I know kind of our, our, one of our, uh, you know, uh, manif- not manifestos, but one of our guidelines <laughs> for the show is that we don't want to cover shit. We don't want to sit here and talk about shit that we don't like. Right. So if we don't like a movie, we're just not going to cover it instead of covering it and then just like shit talking it the whole time. And I did like this and I, I do think that it's worth checking out, especially if, for some reason you haven't already or you know you just didn't get around to it and you're a fan of the hellraiser franchise it is a promising reboot considering the depths that this series sunk to in the 10 uh there was 10 films in the original series um six of which were direct to video i'm pretty sure six five or six and uh you know the last four or five were absolutely abysmal this is a promising uh, reboot you know is it is it a new classic no i don't think so but um definitely worth checking out uh just about worth the running time can't jerk off to it it's not that horrifying uh 
no one's vomiting during you know there wasn't any people vomiting during the theatrical screening of it or anything like that but uh, no it's no terrifier too no which have you seen i haven't man i gotta i have to go i gotta find time to go to the theater and see it and it is playing and my wilmington theater so it just sucks because i figured because of how un like popular in a sense like it's popular now everybody knows who art is and everything but like for me i i definitely thought it was going to be streaming and and also like released in uh select theaters so because we just got it in wilmington like a week ago you know i bet i bet theaters are still the big money maker you know, they they say that streaming service is a reasonable facsimile and like, oh, nah, you can dude. make money. The theaters, no. theaters is where it's at. Right. So I think they're going to, they're really going to try to get their money. And mm-hmm. if they're in a position to do that, they're going to fucking do that. And good for them and let them do oh, that. Oh, 100% good for them. And I if want I have them to, to do it. Wait another month before it hits streaming or anything like that. Okay. All right. Cool. I'd like to yeah. see it uh, in theaters. I really hope I can. Uh, I, my friend uh, in New York, he got to go see it at a drive, like in, and yeah. he said it was really awesome. Like it was a really cool experience to go see that. And I was like, "That's fucking cool." <laughs> it's like I wish I could do that, but we don't yeah. have anything like that around here. Well, speaking of streaming, the other movie that we wanted to talk on this week was Werewolf by Night, also released uh, on Disney Plus. Well. This was, although Hellraiser was uh, technically Disney Plus, as we mentioned, Werewolf by Night was definitely Disney <laughs> Plus. Uh, Friday, October seventh, twenty twenty-two, follows a lycanthrope superhero who fights evil using the abilities given to him by a curse brought on by his bloodline. So this is our first MCU movie, probably not our last, because I'm a uh, huge, unabashed fan of the MCU. Um, I do not think they're the worst thing that happened to cinema. I I enjoy these movies. I'm a big comic book fan. I always was a big comic book fan. So um, a lot of this stuff is brings me back to my childhood. Um, Spider-Man's definitely my favorite superhero. Werewolf by, by Night, I wasn't that familiar with. I was I had heard of the title. Um, I knew that... I kind of knew the um, history of Marvel Comics and how in the 70s they did a lot of horror-themed stuff. It was Tomb of Dracula, uh, stuff like this. And uh, so I kind of knew where it fit in, but it was nothing that I was old enough to read or was around for. I was more of an X-Men, Spider-Man type guy. But I got to say I liked this. I thought it was decent. Um, One of the interesting choices that the film makes, it's a Halloween special, so it's not a full-length movie, but it's it's about an hour and some change. Um, And it's shot black and white, kind of uh, purposely reminiscent of a 1930s universal horror movie. And that works for it pretty well. And and when you're watching it, it's almost confusing as to whether or not it takes place in the past or the present or where exactly it fits in the timeline. And um, it's not until the end where I think you see someone use a cell phone or something that you realize that it's more current. Right. But... Uh, I dug it. So the the basic premise of it is that a bunch of uh, a bunch of monster hunters are gathered together for a um, one of theirs. Hold on a second. What do you want? That's beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. Will you get my wallet? It's on top of the microwave downstairs. Excellent. Sorry, my kid interrupts the show. No worries. Um, <laughs> he's making claymation stuff. He's, he's oh nice. Stop, he's into stop motion photography, and he he made some shit with clay. Dude, I that's so it. cool. Yeah, well, some people teach their kids how to ride the bike or play football. I taught mine how to do stop motion shit with his Legos. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so it a uh, bunch of bounty hunters gathered together. There's some trial because they're they're getting the it was the bloodstone or whatever. Um, and uh, there's a lot of talking. <laughs> there's fighting. There's but there's also uh, two or three scenes where two characters sit down and talk. And uh, that stuff you could kind of do without. But the fighting shit was cool. They're able to work in uh, Ted Demand thing, which I found one of the most enjoyable parts of the movie. One of the things that the MCU excels at is taking really insane premises and making them seem almost commonplace, which I feel like you almost have to do if if you're doing something uh, 
if you're doing something like the MCU because Marvel movies are not tend not to be 100% pure fantasy. They kind of have one foot awkwardly planted in reality. As as ridiculous as that seems in some cases, you know, Captain America still pretty much lives in our world where there was a World War II where there's a New York City. He's from Brooklyn, right? There's all these things that tether these MCU stories in reality. But be on top of that, yeah, you have the Incredible Hulk, right? You have all these things. So what they try to do is, I don't know how, how well-versed in the MCU they are, but, you know, yeah, they'll do stuff for like, yeah, there's a She-Hulk, but she goes on Tinder, you know? And they do <laughs> all these really mundane human things with these incredible characters. And that's kind of the way they treated the, the man thing dynamic where like, <clears throat> Oh, it's Ted, the man thing. He's this giant creature that like melts people alive, but he also kind of lumbers around and makes jokes and hangs out with his buddy and, and right. does it. Your average run of the mill shit. Right. Yeah. No, he so. was my favorite part of the movie. I really liked him, even though like it, it sucks because Man, there's so many, and it's not just like DC and Marvel, but man, like it is like Swamp Thing ripped off everywhere. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not really sure what it came first either. So like, I, I don't, I don't know that much. I know of Swamp Thing a little bit better than I know of uh, Man Thing, but like, he was cool though. I really liked him, and I, I liked the way he looked. Um. I thought it was really cool when they were going through like the bloodstone and like what it was, and you got to see the Wendigo. Oh, and the uh, which is cool because I didn't know this, but the Wendigo is in Marvel Comics and and it made its first appearance in the Incredible Hulk. Yeah, it was part of Alpha Flight. It was uh, that's like the Canadian superhero team. Oh, so yeah, I had no idea. Right? Am I making that up? Wendigo. I, no I mean, I mean, is, that's a. It would it would be like a win a winter thing, yeah. Like a. Yeah, he was in Alpha Flight. Right. Yeah. Okay. We'll just say yes. <laughs> so and they they had their nice uh, MCU like chase scene too when Ted was chasing Elsa. Through like the maze, the labyrinth thingy. <clears throat> it was a. Uh, it was basically recreating the Hulk chasing Black Widow in the Avengers. Oh, okay. Yeah. When so I saw you... that it was like that meme, that uh, <laughs> the Leonardo DiCaprio meme where he's like, "Hey, hey," I was like, <laughs> "Man, that looks really familiar." So. What uh? <clears throat> are you a big MCU fan? Man, I, I like the MCU. Uh, I I mean, I I will probably watch the ones that I, like, I really want to watch now since like my my time has come and, and passed. Uh, I watched... I, Spider-Man's my favorite like superhero. Yeah. Uh, and then also I was a big X-Men guy, uh, which is funny that you were saying that. So like Spider-Man and Gambit, those were like my two favorite guys. Oh, what a, yeah, totally. And then I also really like Storm. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then uh, so growing up, those were always the ones. So like that, I'll any X Men movie that comes out, I'll watch, and any Spider Man movie that comes out, I'll watch. Um, it just happens that way. Even dude, my my daughter, <laughs> you know, well, she's about to she turns two this Monday, and which isn't when this comes out, but. <laughs> uh, she like knows Spider-Man and she calls him cinnamon man. (laughs) (laughs) Like she, like, I don't really know how she like learned him. Like, I guess like whenever we would like put Disney plus stuff on, she would see this guy in red and she started watching, like wanting to watch it. So we'd start watching like Disney Plus's like little Spider-Man cartoons. And eventually like, you're like, Oh, you want Spider-Man? She's like, yeah. And then eventually she starts trying to say it. And she started going over to my movie shelf and she would pull Spider-Man movies off the shelf and just bring them over to me. And she goes, Cinnamon Man. And I'm like, how do you know that's what that is? And, <laughs> and she's done it with all of them, from Miles Morales to The Amazing Spider-Man to Tobey Maguire to the newest one. And it's a, uh, 
the uh, No Way Home is a steelbook. And whenever she hands it to me, it's like Dr. Octavius on the cover. Like, I'm just like, why do you know that this is Spider-Man? Like, why? I actually ended up buying her. Well, I got her a plush that hasn't came in yet, but I bought her like a Spider-Man action figure. And it's on the table right now. I see it in front of me. But for the last couple of nights, she's actually been sleeping with it. <laughs> there, There is a, um, a Disney Junior Spider-Man show. Where That's it's... probably what we're watching. Yeah, it's Spider-Man, Spider-Gwen. Yep, that's what we're watching. Yeah. Miles Morales, <clears throat> yeah. yeah. And we we've we've jumped into the other ones, you know. We go between that, Bluey, and Hocus Pocus right now. Oh god. So. I I'm so glad my kids are older and I don't have to watch that shit anymore. But, Bluey's uh, really not that bad. I'm not gonna lie. I, I laugh at a lot of the shit that they say. They're pretty like a, they have like a lot of adult jokes hidden in it, and I don't know the uh, the dad. I don't know his name. I just know that one of them's name is Bluey. Uh, he he reminds me a lot of like every dad. It was it's just it's actually pretty funny, and they're only like eight minute episodes or or maybe twelve minute, but they're pretty they're relatively short. But he's kind of like a dick to him sometimes, and that makes me laugh. <laughs> I'm just like, cool. Like, you actually have a show representing a family. <laughs> but, yeah, no, the Hocus Pocus thing, I've probably seen that six times in the past week. And I'm kind of... usually now Lately, I've been either reading or I'll pull out the Switch and just play whenever she's, like, watching it. What are you playing? Uh, on the Switch, I've been trying to do more. And I got Pokemon... Uh, was it diamond or whatever in there right now? Okay. Brilliant diamond. I've been trying to dude. I haven't touched it since it came out last year. And then I was playing, actually I was playing Scott Pilgrim that game. <laughs> so I'm, I've been thinking about picking up the teenage mutant Ninja turtle game that just came out. Yeah. I'm still doing uh fallout 76. I think I'm going to, although the other day I saw that they had uh, a vice city remaster. Oh. Um, that I, I downloaded off like the PlayStation Plus thing. Right. So well, I'm... on PlayStation, I'm still playing Fallout 76. And then also, I'm trying to like level up and see all the cool stuff. And then I've been playing, I, I picked up Metro, the, I think it's 2034 or 2033. I don't know. One of those on the PlayStation 5. They had it on the store for free. And I was like, "Fuck it, I'll pick it up." Yeah, I want to like, dude. I I wanted to get into that Gotham Knights game, but they said it sucked. And oh yeah, I just saw that. Oh, did you see though that Silent Hill Two is getting a remake? Yeah, I don't want to. I'm like, why aren't they releasing new games? Like, I don't want remakes. I don't want fucking well, like. So they're remastering. They're remastering it. Yeah, and then they are. They are. It, this one will continue. Like so, like after this, the next game that comes out is going to be like a new part of the series. They're just reintroducing Silent Hill because it has it's been it's been gone for over 10 years and nobody really knows about it. So I think they're the second Silent Hill was like the one of the biggest games to ever like touch PlayStation. So they're like doing this and then they have another one coming out. I heard that there's one that's based in like the 60s in Japan, which I think that'll be cool. And then I know Resident Evil's putting out a remake of four, but they're also they're they're doing Resident Evil's doing it where they like they they remake an old game and they put a new one out. So that one's not too bad. But yeah, they are remaking a lot of games. Yeah, and it, well, I understand they got the new technology now, so they're like, oh, we can do stuff better. But it's like, how about you just do new shit? Dude, the Silent Hill one looks really good though. I never got into the Silent Hill series. Oh really? I mean, the second one's so cool like it's just such a psychological fuck what's the gameplay like i mean do you have weapons and you're fighting monsters or is it just like you wander around and run away from shit or what's you, the... you have weapons and you're just kind of hiding because you're not going to be able to beat some monsters but yeah other times that you're beating like little little class monsters <laughs> okay. like there's like you know i mean there's like levels to these monsters but like did you ever play any of the resident evils yeah i played probably the first three or four it it's very they're they're pretty similar, just make Silent Hill scarier. Yeah. 
That's that's literally it, it. Like it fucks with you harder. So it's just it was one of those games where like Resident Evil was really fun, but it was always still like you know usually you don't necessarily have to run. You know you can you can fight your enemy. This one is like you have a choice to make. <laughs> I hope you cho- chose well because if not, you know you're 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 starting back and. Right. Hopefully, I, I mean, I don't know what they're going to add because I heard that they're going to, they might change a little bit of it so that it leads into the next sequel. But I mean, either way, I'm regard, regardless, I am excited about this one because it's been 20 years, over 20 years since we've, I've played Silent Hill 2. So, wow. Yeah. Other than that, man, there's nothing really that I'm looking forward to. Oh, I've been playing Destroy All Humans 2 on PlayStation as well. Yeah, once again, that's a remake, right? Yeah, it is. Jesus, I'm trying. I, I gotta think if there's actually. I think every game I'm playing right now is a remake. Yeah, Holy it's like shit. I gotta. I find. I went through all this shit. I waited two years. I finally got a PlayStation Five so I can play Grand Theft Auto Vice City. You know what I mean? It's like <laughs> fucking talk about back to square one. It's like, just it's the circle of life, man. I guess. I I'm really guess. trying to think if there's anything new that I'm playing. I mean. I I don't even know if 2033 the new Metro that I'm playing is new or if it's remastered. To be honest with you, fuck. Oh, uh, I I do play Destiny two whenever I have a chance. So that is new. That's not remastered. There you go. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, well, I only I only just play that though when I have friends. So like whenever they're online, which is which is like never. So. <laughs> Any final thoughts about Werewolf by Night? Watch it. I recommend it. it. I, I know. I know all these motherfuckers out here at Disney Plus. Even though I went on this whole Disney Plus rant, and both movies are basically see, but that's what I'm talking about. Both movies we just talked about, fucking Disney owns. You know, Prey, fucking Disney owns. Yeah, that. like see, that, that's what I'm saying, dude. That was it. It's it's so interesting. And then going back to what we were saying about the um the terrifier thing, like man, they just completely skipped the theaters for both of these. You know, now Prey, I think I would have gone to see in the theater for sure. Hellraiser, yeah, who knows? Because Prey, I couldn't have taken my 12 year old to. Or Prey, I could have taken my 12 year old to. Right. You know what I mean? Uh, Hellraiser, I probably would not have. I'm not that irresponsible of a parent yet. So um, I could see them sending the Hellraiser one straight to streaming. But Prey seemed like a missed opportunity. Right. Um, Hopefully, both these franchises continue. Oh, for sure. I hope so.